Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 17. I know, we're only 88% done with the book now. We were 82, I'm sorry. I, I won't talk, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I shouldn't have snapped at him, she thought. She is Alani, by the way. As she gripped the sink in the guest bathroom at Ethics Palace, she cleared the steam from the mirror in front of her, looking at herself. She was wrapped in a plush towel. Her hair was soaking wet, shrinking her long curls up to her shoulders. Alani could see the exhaustion in her face. She had so much on her shoulders, so much sorrow, so much weight that it was almost intolerable. She walked back into the guest room and pulled open the drawers, hoping to find a clean shirt she could sleep in. She pulled one of the neatly folded Oxford shirts from the drawer and put it on. She couldn't help but grow jealous of whoever had laundered it. They had taken the time to spray a signature scent onto it, and she wondered if it was the woman she had seen him with at the diner. The scent of his cologne surrounded her, as she pulled the collar to her nose and inhaled it. She hoped he wouldn't mind. She doubted he would. Ethic had been the most accommodating person she had ever met, and it surprised her because she knew that he was anything but friendly. In fact, he was downright guarded. I'm the asshole, she thought. Alani had asked him to leave, had put him out of a room in the house he owned, even though distance from him was the last thing she wanted. Alani didn't know how she was supposed to manage this new relationship she had with Ethic. He had come to her in the most confusing and torrential time of her life. I should have heard him out, she thought. She crept out of the room as quietly as she could, not wanting to wake his children. She had to see his face. She had to feel the rise and fall of his chest against hers as he hugged her. Is he that short? She needed to feel that pulse he sent through her like shock pads to her heart. He revived her when she was circling the drain. She went from room to room in search of him, wanting to apologize, hoping he would give in to her need for him. Death surrounded her. It suffocated her and drowned her in suffering. A bullet to the head would have been more civilized than this. Besides suicide, ethic was her only relief. She needed more than a hug. She needed his tongue against hers, his body connected to hers, inside of hers, so she could feel all the healing he had to give. For real? For real, we just, we, we're going to this place. I said I wasn't going to talk a lot. Alani was sick with loss and ethic was the only remedy that worked. 
She noticed a door on the first floor was slightly ajar, and she slowly descended the steps into the basement. It was like she could sense that he was down there. Her entire body reacted as she drew near. When she saw him, she stopped, and her breath caught in her throat as she witnessed God's art at work. Alani felt as if she were a voyeur, watching an intimate moment, one that wasn't meant for anyone's eyes, but still she enjoyed it. Ethic's body was like a statue, sculpted by years of discipline, his strength present but not overwhelming. Had she seen any other man practicing yoga, she would have judged him. She probably would have surmised he had a bit of sugar in his tank. But the way Ethic moved fluidly from one position to the next, his muscles bulging from the intensity of it all, mm, nothing had ever looked so masculine. Okay. He was all man. All chocolate. And Alani wanted a taste of him. The Nike football training tights he wore proved that his manhood was not to be denied. The outline of him teased her as she bit down into her lip. He was strong full of stock from African kings, royal blood coursing through his veins, thick authority swinging between his legs. Alani quivered as nature eased her southern lips to produce a sweet nectar. She was lusting, in heat, as her biological affinity for man caused her body to respond. Her nipples hardened and rubbed against the fabric of his shirt, and the scent of his cologne only heightened her desire. He was a beautiful man, Yes, beautiful, because handsome just would not suffice. She had never met a man like this. Ethic made everyone before him seem boyish, as if all other men were still swimming in the kiddie pool, and he alone was on some grown man shit. He noticed her out of the corner of his eye. Come here. It was a command, and it startled her that he knew she was in the room. She flushed in embarrassment as she rocked on her heels, suddenly feeling like she needed to run the other way. Had he seen her gawking? Was he watching her? Watch him the entire time? Yes, there's a comma between watching her watch him. Was he watching her watch him the entire time? He didn't look her way or stop his routine. He simply waited for her response. You gonna stand there and watch or you gonna join me? It helps when your mind is at war to bring peace to your body, he said. I'm nowhere near flexible, she replied. I find that hard to believe, he countered. Come. There was something about the way he called her. When he beckoned, she obliged. It was an order she looked forward to following. She submitted, without protest, fighting against her apprehension. He stood behind her, his sweaty chest sticking to the back of the t-shirt. Her bare feet against the cold wooden floor caused her nipples to tighten even more as she felt him behind her. His warm breath was sweet, like honey, as he spoke into her ears. His full lips touched her earlobe and she drew on a sharp breath. If they felt this good on her ear, she could only imagine how they felt on her. Oh my God, she shuddered at the thought. She wondered if he knew what he did to her. Did he purposefully arouse her? Did he want her to soak through her panties? Did he know that he was this close to making her orgasm even without touching her? Did she put the same panties on after she got out the shower? These are questions that I have. Because they were at her house. 
And then they were at the debutante ball. Well, they were at her house the night before. Then they were at the debutante ball because Bella had the moment. And that's when Nanny saw him. And she went up to the upper room. And then they went to the hospital to see Nanny. And uh, she cried. So he carried her out and took her to his house. There was no time where she got her own clothes, her clean clothes. So she wasn't... The panties from before? Hmm. Okay. What type of super Negro is he? She thought, almost bursting out in amusement as a smirk crossed her lips. The way she felt when in his presence was unreal. It was like all her life she had been dulled to just coast through life. And now, her every fiber was alive. She felt everything when she was with him. She noticed her heartbeat when he was around. He simply made her feel. Relax, he coached. You're too tense. He was standing so close to her that nothing separated them, and she took a deep breath as he placed one hand in front of her and the other on the small of her back, pushing her forward, folding her in half. Touch the ground in front of you and close your eyes, he instructed. She added an extra measure and took it upon herself to bite her lip. She had to stop herself from moaning as her behind pushed into his pelvis. She felt all of him, amazed at his size because he wasn't even erect. His manhood was nice and thick and long, and God, she wished it would go hard. The sensation of him against her made her pussy clench and yearning. She could feel the familiar pulse begin to drum in her clitoris, and she squeezed her thighs together to try and douse the fire threatening to spread within her. Let me know if it's uncomfortable, he said. You good? Yes, she breathed out. It took everything in her not to shake her ass a little. She hadn't realized how long it had been since she had felt a man against her. Ever since her baby daddy had gone away and taken his fuckboy promises with him, she had gone untouched. Ethic had fallen into her lap by way of fate, at least from her perspective. And he was so different from any man she had ever experienced before. She was sure he could get her to try anything once. He took her through a series of poses, challenging her, his hands roaming her body to guide her form. Every place he touched felt like soft kisses. And soon, she was not only sticky with sweat, but wet from the tension building in her panties. The places he planted his hands made her body tingle. And as he moved effortlessly with her, she realized this is the clearest her mind had been since losing her daughter. She felt herself being affected by ethic. Her lust blossomed as her nectar wet her inner thigh. She could smell the sweet scent of her flower in the air. Her pheromones were all over the place. She was in heat. Her heart was racing, and she could feel her pulse everywhere. God, if this man don't stop pressing into me like that, she thought. He was in control of her body, and as he laid her on the mat on the ground... Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought you meant the mat on the wall. Glad. Oh, he laid her on the mat on the ceiling. He laid her on the mat on the couch. He laid her on the, that one could be. He laid her on the mat against the wall. As he laid her on the mat on the ground, he positioned himself between her legs. Stretching one out towards the floor and the other towards the sky, he began to lean forward into her as if he were about to throw one leg over his shoulder. 
The tension pulling at her hamstrings mixed with him pressing against her body was something otherworldly. She felt him, growing, but not fully hard, and she arched her back, causing more friction between them. Her leg was near her ear now, as he pushed her to her limits and his dick hardened, pushing directly on her clit, causing her to gasp. They were straddling a line between using this as an excuse to fill one another without asking, without trying. This was turning sexual, and she was so close to her peak as she rolled her hips beneath him. He had her there, and he hadn't even removed her clothes. Just when she thought he would take her all the way, he pulled back. It was like somebody's mama had entered the room and killed the vibe as he abruptly stood to his feet. Her chest heaved as she lowered her leg and looked toward the ceiling, putting both hands over her eyes. It's getting late, he said. You should get some sleep so I can take you back to the hospital in the morning. He snatched up a towel from a leather couch and wrapped it around his neck. She stood, shifting from foot to foot, an insatiable throb filled her clit. I don't want to think about anything but what's happening right now, she said. She approached him, and he stepped back, confusing her as she frowned. There was alarm in his expression. He can't be this obtuse. Like, seriously. I thought, she paused as she ran a hand through her hair. Wait, what's happening right now, she said, suddenly confused. They had been in the vibe. She had felt it, so she knew he had felt it. So what's with the disappearing act, she thought. Rejection was worse than loneliness, and suddenly she felt humiliated. Maybe I'm misreading the signs, she thought. This isn't right, Ethic said. I shouldn't have let it get this far. He ran his hands down his head and then his face, as if he were kicking himself, regretting every moment he had spent with her. What's not right about it, Ethic? Alani asked. I know what I want. Right now, I want you to fuck me. He knew she was angry because sweet Alani had turned into kick-ass Lanika, and all her frustrations were aimed at him. Are you not attracted to me? Have I been imagining our chemistry? Because I'm going crazy right about now, so if I'm misreading this shit, let me know. It's not about my attraction or the chemistry, Alani. It's more to it than that, Ethic stated. And more is bad? Alani was lost. I'm a grown woman, Ethic. I can handle it. I can handle you. What are you running from? She was chasing him now, desperately, and she felt pathetic for it. This sounded a lot like begging. And Alani had never begged a nigga for anything a day in her life. He had reduced her to the type of woman who didn't allow a man to walk away. She couldn't let him leave it like this, not without understanding, not without an explanation. They had enjoyed each other's company for weeks. She had thought they had shared a connection, that they were building something. Their chemistry was undeniable, but still, he was spinning her. As he walked away, he wouldn't even bless her with an answer. Her confusion turned to aggression, and she pushed his back as he headed for the stairs. Alani was angry that he had lifted her out of her sadness, that he had distracted her from the hurt, only to freeze up when it mattered most. She wasn't asking him to love her. She was just asking him to stay, asking for one night, asking not to sleep alone because when she did, she cried herself to sleep. He ignored her assault as he kept marching towards the stairs. Ethic! He spun around, abruptly causing her to bump right into him. He gripped her shoulders. Stop. Stop asking for something that will destroy you. I'm not the man you think I am. 
I'm the one you should run from, not toward. Just leave it alone, he said as he shook her slightly. His words thundered a silence, and she could see behind his intense stare that he believed what he was saying. He was warning her. She could read between the lines, but she had always been a stubborn girl. She would have to learn a lesson the hard way. She stood on her tiptoes and placed her hand on the side of his face, the imperfect side, touching him so tenderly that it felt like she was touching his soul. I've lost a lot this year, Ethic, but out of nowhere you came along and made things easier. I don't know what this is, but when I'm with you, I feel like I can fly. I just want to fly, Ethic, she whispered as she inched closer and closer to his lips. His body was rigid, and she felt him tensing as she kissed his lips without permission. She became the third woman he ever put his lips on in that moment. He resisted at first, but she was so hungry for him that she bit his bottom lip aggressively, forcing him to let her in. Their kiss was like the first fireworks on the 4th of July. Loud? Obnoxious? Unnecessary? Sloppy? Way too early? During the daytime, in front of children, all smoke and no sparks? You gotta let a nigga know. It ignited her body, and she wrapped her arms around his neck, and he pulled her into his growing lust. It was like he was fighting with himself as he pushed her away, only for the need of her to cause him to pull her back again and again. He tasted like honey, and she wanted to overindulge. He was so hard that she could feel him bulging against the seam of the gray sweatpants. God, thank you for gray sweatpants, she thought. I need to get some gray sweatpants. It felt like the temperature had been turned up to 100 degrees. All I have are shorts. I have gym shorts. Not quite the same, though. I don't know. I have to ask my wife. Baby, is it the same? She listens sometimes. Um, I don't want none of y'all DMing me like it's the same. That would be weird because I said, baby, I was talking to my boo. Sorry. I mean, I love y'all listeners, but not like that. Like, y'all are just on this path with me. You understand. Um, it felt like the temperature had been turned up to 100 degrees as he scooped her up under her bottom and she wrapped her legs around his waist. He lifted all 160 pounds of her as if she was light as a feather. Holding her up by her ass, he kissed her as the feel of his sex on her sex drove her wild. She just wanted the fabric that separated them to disappear. Fuck me. Not slow, not nice, not gentle. Fuck me hard, Ethic. I want to feel every inch of you. I've been empty for so long. Fill me up, she whispered, looking him directly in the eyes as she reached down and grabbed his length. Oh, shit, he groaned. Whatever will he had left went out the window as she rubbed him. Did I mention yet that I'm thinking she's going to get pregnant and then she's going to find out about the whole thing about uh, her daughter and her brother and good old nanny? He pinned her against the wall as she reached inside his sweats to free him. Her eyes widened in shock at the blessing she uncovered. Those sweatpants did him no justice. What she suspected was big was more like magnificent. Ethic placed her on her feet, and his head fell back as she stroked his length with her smooth hands. This ain't right, he growled. Don't say that. Don't tell me no, she whispered. He picked her up again, this time sliding her onto him, causing her to gasp. He was more than she had anticipated, and she dug her nails into his back as he rocked in and out of her. 
Shit, she moaned as he explored her depths. He was hard, and her softness massaged him as he sank into her, barely wanting to pull out before diving in again. Damn, he moaned. Motherfucker, D'Angelo said somewhere off in the ether. She grabbed his chin with one hand and pulled his mouth to hers as she kissed him. Her tongue danced inside of his mouth, as if she were trying to inhale him. It's so good, she whispered. Ethic had her trapped, her back against the wall as he touched the center of her with every stroke. She wanted to run from him, to dull the ache he caused each time he thrust inside of her, but there was nowhere to go. She knew he would be good, but to be this damn good was a motherfucking sin. She would have to try hard not to feel entitled to this man. He was the type of lover who made bitches go crazy. Turn around. There was another one of his orders, and she followed it as she braced herself, hands to the wall as if he was about to arrest this pussy. <laughs> she felt him against her ass, knocking the top of it with his heavy manhood, as if he were waiting for her to say come in. He left her wondering for a brief second what he was about to do. The lack of control as he took charge was a new element for her. Alani had always been the pretty, prissy girl in the hood. Few men had experienced her treasure, and those who did usually had to follow her lead. She was old-fashioned and had never dared to venture outside of anything missionary. Really? You just did this on the wall? Like, so... Okay. And really? Your baby daddy is like a, a, a serial cheater who fucked many, many, many women, and he ain't never did nothing to you past missionary because you were pretty and prissy? Um, the, 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 the lie detector test determined that's a lie. So, yeah. She was a pretty bitch. So she could be boring. A man had never made her want to try too hard, but for this type of dick, she would pop her pussy on a handstand if it meant she could have it forever. She was a control freak and didn't like anyone else manipulating her body. She liked to say when, where, and how. But with ethics, she felt safe. With ethics, she felt lucky. And she was in it to please instead of to receive. Her body tensed as she anticipated pain. Relax. I'm just admiring the view. You're brilliant, he whispered. I want to do things to you that you're not ready for. I'm ready, she moaned. Please. He smirked. Ethic lifted her right leg, resting in the crease of his arm as he entered her from behind. She cried out. He fucked her up against the wall, lifting that leg so high that he had access to deaths unknown to even her. She needed his yoga lessons because with him, she would have to be flexible. He was stretching her to her limit. Limit! Both inside and out. There was no idle hands and he paid attention to every part of her body as he teased her clit in the process. He reached around her body, palming her V, as she fell into a frantic grind against his hands while his thickness beat up her insides. This is too good. Ethic, please, wait, stop. If I stop, I won't hear what you sound like when you come, he said, as he kissed the back of her neck. I want to hear you. He paused, suddenly halting the intense pleasure he was causing, driving her crazy as she anxiously feigned for his next stroke. Or do you want me to stop? No, don't. Keep going. I need it. Alani didn't even recognize his voice of desperation. It was sultry and deep, pleading. Am I begging for this dick? She thought as her face contorted in pleasure. 
Had this man read the manual to her body? How did he know which buttons to push? How to get her to gush? How to elevate her arch? Alani was on one tiptoe. He was fucking her so good. She just knew she would die if this ended too soon. This raw, passionate, animalistic sex was unlike anything she had ever experienced, and she felt ethic pouring all his doubt into her, as they did what men and women were meant to do. Her breast bounced, and she clawed at the wall as sweat covered every inch of her body. She had never gotten this nasty for a man, and suddenly, she just wanted to taste him. Ah, she cried as she rained down over him. That's good, he coached her as she went limp against his body. Alani had never experienced anything so pleasurable, so uninhibited, so natural. It was like he was the first man and she was the first woman. Together, they were figuring out their symmetry. This is that Adam and Eve shit. The stuff God got on a... What? This was that Adam and Eve shit. The stuff God got a refund on after the bitch ate that apple. This was the bliss that only God himself could have created. The pleasure to manifest when Eros was at play. Something otherworldly had just happened within her, stimulated by him, and Alani wanted more of it. She faced him and then looked up into his eyes, coyly. I don't know what this is. She paused as she placed her hands on his chest, gently tracing the outlines of his tattoos. She took a second to gather her thoughts. Her head was spinning and her heart was pumping pure emotion. She didn't want to come off clingy or scare him with confessions of love. She knew that to him this could very well just be sex, but she felt something different, rare with this man. She had felt it the very first time he wrapped his arms around her, and not telling him would torture her. I just want you to stay, okay? She finished, afraid to say much more. It was at that moment that he knew he could never tell her. He had finally found her. He didn't want to jeopardize what they could be together. He didn't care if he was building his foundation with her on secrecy and lies. Before he knew what she felt like on the inside, he could have done it. He could have let the truth push her out of his life. But not now. Not after she had let him discover the secret that heaven was between her legs. Heaven must be like this. Ethic knew it was selfish, but he hadn't felt a love like this before. Not even with Raven. Their love had been young and passionate, something he thought he would never find again. But this thing with the Lonnie Lanika Hill was more potent than anything he had ever felt. I'm right here, he replied. I know, she whispered, but men leave. They always do, eventually, right down to my daddy. They just are here one day and decide I'm too much work the next. I don't want you to leave me. She saw his eyes widen slightly, and she knew that her words were coming on too strong. I'm not saying you have a responsibility to stay, but I like this between us. I, I mean, she felt herself talking too much. I probably sound crazy right now, she thought. She knew she was rambling, but she couldn't quite express to him how good he made life feel without sounding like she was expecting too much. I just want to explore whatever this is. I've never met anyone that I was willing to change for, but you make me feel differently. I want to be what you like. I want you to want to stay. So if I'm ever doing anything to make you feel like you don't want to explore this with me, just tell me and I'll change it. 
I just really don't want you to leave. And if it's not like that, just tell me now. We can leave it right here, right now, as is. Just one night. Ethic's eyes burning at hers, and she anxiously awaited his response. She knew she came off needy, but shit, she did need him. What woman didn't need a man like him? I don't leave. I don't fold. I don't run, he responded. She believed him. Promise me that you won't run when you discover the worst parts of me, Alani. I promise, she said without hesitation. Alani began to rub him, encouraging him to go hard once more as she dropped to her knees right in front of him. After years of fearing intimacy, of not being touched, of not trusting anyone to explore her body, she suddenly desired affection. She craved connection, and as his strength grew in her hands, her mouth watered. It was like she wanted to please him, to prove to him that he didn't have to go anywhere because she could be all that he needed. When she put her mouth on him, she felt him tense and then relax as she bobbed her head, sliding along his length, barely able to handle all of him. She wet him, massaged him, as her tongue and lips put in overtime. Alani had never done this for anyone. No man had ever made her want to. Not even your baby daddy? Like, okay. But with ethic, it felt natural. As if it was her sole purpose to pump his seeds from his magnificent flesh. I'm just asking because way back in chapter 9, they were talking about the first time she had ever fallen in love. And it was with Cream Richardson. Uh... And he had a long reputation, an even longer dick. And the first time she took for a ride, he had her hooked. If you're selling dope for this dude. And it says she cooked his meals, washed his clothes, sucked him dry. Day in and day out. So, okay. Now, uh, here... This is the first time she's ever done this. She had never done this for anyone. No, nigga, you literally just said back in chapter nine that she did it every day for cream. Come on now. Don't lie in your own book. Don't lie to yourself. That's horrible. No man had ever made her want to, but with ethic, it felt natural as if it was her sole purpose to pump his seeds from his magnificent flesh. His grunt of satisfaction and the way he bowed his head as he placed both hands on the wall in front of him made her confident that she was doing it right. She placed her hands on his solid thighs, bracing herself as she felt him throbbing in the back of her throat. She wanted to go harder. She wanted to swallow him deeper, want him to be the one calling her name. Alani wanted him to stay, not only for tonight, but for as long as he made her heart leap with delight just from his presence. What you mean you want him to stay? Nigga, it's his house. You want to stay. She was showing him right there on her knees without any reservation. He was wet with her saliva and she moaned when she tasted the hint of sweetness on the tip of him. Normally, the idea of going further would have repulsed him, but she anticipated his release like a child anticipated an ice cream cone on a scorching summer day. He was her treat. To lick him was her delight. He provided healing to things that had been damaged long before the death of her child. When she was with him, she forgot that she was in mourning. She forgot the heartbreak that came before him. There had to be a reward for that. Maybe swallowing him would allow some of the happiness to plant itself inside of her and grow within her. That way, she wouldn't need him around all the time to feel joy. He was pulsing now as one hand fisted her hair. His knees weakened. 
He had reached that point, and Alani enjoyed every second as she massaged him until the end. He pulled her to her feet, rubbing her arms up and down as he rested his forehead against hers. His eyes were closed, as if he were in deep contemplation. I've taken this somewhere it shouldn't go, he whispered. The statement stabbed her, injured her, and she placed her hands on his cheeks. Look at me, Ethic. He did, and she saw so much pain in him that it brought tears to her eyes. Wherever it goes, good or bad, I'll follow you there, she said. She kissed his lips, and he picked her up, carrying her up the stairs to his bedroom. As he laid her down on the sheets, she wondered about the layers that dwell beneath the surface of this man. She wanted to peel him back, piece by piece. She had no idea that at the pit of him was a secret that would destroy her. But he was aware, and it was only a matter of time before her adoration turned to hate. I mean, if you say so. I mean, it's not always going to play out that way. I mean, it will this way because y'all have literally stacked the deck against this relationship. But it doesn't always have to be. You know what I'm saying? Chapter 18. Alani awoke first. And as she rolled onto her side, she admired Ethic. She hated to be naive and to place unrealistic notions of fairy tales on what was happening between them. But she had fallen for this man. Remember, that's the rule of all of uh, Jaja and... Uh, Ash's books is that the dick is dickmatizing and they always fall in love. It happened with Carter. It happened with Zaire. It happened with Money and Mecca. It just happens. And now it's happening with Ethic. Who I'm trying really hard not to uh, try and picture what he looks like. Because it's changed from initially in my mind... In my mind, before they described him, the nigga looked like a uh, ghost from Power. Maybe that's because that's like my wife's hall pass, I guess. Like, she sees Power and she's like, oh, it's a tiny town or whatever the fucking song is. But now I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe he looks like Idris with, you know, half the face scarred up. I don't know. I'm going to keep thinking about it. In his bed was the first night in months that she had slept through the night. She trailed her nude painted fingertip down his strong abs, awakening him. It's six in the morning, she whispered. Go back to sleep. I'm going to catch an Uber home before your kids wake up and catch me in your bed. She moved to get out of the bed and he wrapped a strong arm around her waist, pulling her back down. Ethic, I should go, she whispered. I don't want you to have to explain my presence to them. We don't even know what this is. I know, Ethic said as he pulled her chin to him. I know too, she admitted as she kissed his lips, but this isn't the type of thing that you spring on your kids. Ethic knew she was right. He wasn't ready to let go, however. Waking up to her was a sight. She filled every void every woman had left him with before her. A man without a woman was half of a man, emotionally stunted, and overcompensating in every area of his life to make up for what he lacked in companionship. A king could not reign without a queen to keep him strong. If man was the walls of a house, holding everything up, bearing the weight of all that inhabited it, his woman was a foundation. You could tear down walls, but a foundation was rock solid. That's underlined, so I feel like I should read it like it's underlined. 
Even Raven had been too young when he had loved her for her to give him that. Alani made him feel like he was standing on solid ground. He knew she depended on him for strength, but she didn't deplete him because she somehow replenished whatever she took from him. It was the rare gift of reciprocity. Reciprocity? Reciprocity? Re reciprocity? Huh. Reciprocity. Okay, cool. I know, you're right, he said, but I'll be damned if you're taking an Uber. Take my truck. Then what will you drive, she asked. I'll manage, he said, not wanting to sound pompous by mentioning the Tesla he had sitting in the garage. I'll come by later, after Lily arrives. Okay, she smiled as he placed a strong hand on the side of her face, his fingers wrapping around her neck as his thumb caressed her cheek. Cream's gonna get out. Like, now. There will be a day when you question if this was real, he said. It is. It always has been, and it always will be. No matter how flawed it becomes, or how wrong it is, or how much it ends up hurting. He pulled her face to his, and kissed her so intensely that she shivered. She pulled away and walked out. She made sure she was silent as she hurried to the guest room and slipped back into her clothes from the day before. When she stepped back into the hallway, Bella was standing in her doorway, rubbing her eyes sleepily. Alani? She called out. Alani froze like a deer in headlights as her mouth fell open. I'm sorry, D did I wake you? Alani asked. I was just... Um... How's your aunt? Bella asked. She's not so good, baby girl. It was Ethic who answered, and Alani turned around, so grateful he had intervened. Alani was upset after seeing her aunt in the hospital, Ethic continued, so I let her stay the night so she wouldn't have to go home alone. Good, Bella said. She walked up to Alani and hugged her, taking Alani by surprise. She looked up at Ethic in shock as she hugged his daughter back. You give the best hugs, Bella. Thank you, she said. Must be something that runs in the family. Alani winked at Ethic and then released Bella. Are you staying for breakfast? Bella asked. Uh, no, I can't, Alani said. I'm sorry, I have to get going. I want to check on my aunt. Next time, okay? Bella nodded as Ethic said, Come on, B. We can get breakfast started before Easy wakes up. He turned to Alani. The keys to the truck are in the study inside my desk. Alani was so glad her encounter with Bella hadn't been awkward, but she didn't want to try it again with Easy. She hurried into the study she had passed the night before when she was looking for Ethic and walked over to his desk. She opened the drawer and picked up his keys. Her hands froze when she saw the funeral program with Kenzie's face on it. Her breath caught in her throat as she picked it up and instantly her legs gave out. She sank into the plush leather chair behind her. She opened the program with shaky hands and a handwritten note fell out. Thank you for your generous donation. God bless you. Why the fuck would you keep that? Why would you keep that? If you're gangster and you don't want no evidence of nothing, why would you keep that? That means less than nothing to you. Why keep it? Throw it away on the way out of the funeral home. Rip it up into little pieces. Shit, flush it down the toilet, but why keep it? Alani gasped as her heart seized in her chest. He donated the money for me to bury them, she thought. He didn't even know me that well then. Why would he? 
She found strength in her legs and walked towards the sound of laughter coming from the kitchen. The sight of Ethic and Bella cooking together would have normally warmed her heart, but she was too full of confusion to appreciate his fatherhood. What is this? she asked as she held up the funeral program in the note. Ethic turned to Bella. Bella, can you go upstairs and get dressed? I think we'll go out to eat this morning. It took all Alani's will to wait until she heard Bella's footsteps go all the way up the stairs. Why do you have this? You're the one who paid for the funerals? She asked. Is this what you were trying to tell me last night? Ethic wanted to receive her appreciation. He wanted to be the good guy who did good things for good reasons. But the truth was, his guilt had urged him to cover the burials. He had always been taught to clean up his mess. And the death of her loved ones was his mess. He didn't want to hurt her, but he couldn't look her in the eye and lie. He couldn't let her praise her daughter's murderer. He sat in one of the chairs at the table and pulled one out for her. Alani, please sit, he said. She was shaking. Finding her daughter's picture had unnerved her. Ethic, you have to say something, she whispered. Please, just tell me what's going on. He grit his teeth, his temple throbbing as he placed his elbows on his knees. His palms met each other in prayer as his eyes burned. Ethic could count the times on one hand that he had cried in his life. Wait for it. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Say it with me if you want. You know the words to the song. If he's about to cry and he's thinking of the number of times he cried in his whole life and his eyes burned and his elbows are on his knees and his palms met each other in prayer, we will say it in three seconds, okay? Three, we'll say it together in three seconds. Three, in, in three seconds, three, together. Three, two, no, together, okay? <laughs> Y'all are bad at this. Okay, so ready? Three, two, one. He pinched the bridge of his nose, his face contorting as he lost control. He was a man who was about to destroy the woman it had taken him 34 years to find. What do you feel for me, Lanika? Could you see yourself loving me? He asked. Ethic, I... I Please, just answer because I'm about to hurt you, Alani. I'm about to erase any chance that we have. I just want to know what it would have been like. Ethic stated as he took a deep breath, taking his mind to a place of selflessness and strength. He wanted to be selfish and tell her falsehoods. He wanted to make something up that would explain the things she found and still allow him to keep her, but he couldn't. He respected her too much not to answer her truthfully. Light always uncovered darkness, and one day she would find out about what he had done. He wanted her to hear from him. You don't have to imagine what it will be like to love you one day, Ethic. I love you now. I am in love with you, Ezra. His head fell between his knees, his strong arms flexed as he swiped his hands over the top of his head in despair. Her words gutted him. He was bleeding out. One of the best things about uh, Gears of War was when you were bleeding out and they would yell out, Help me, Dom! He was great. I love you so fucking much, Lanika. I waited so long to love you, so long for God to reveal why I experienced so much loss. It was because when I met you, I needed to appreciate the gift of you. I'm so sorry, Lanika. Why are you calling me Lanika? 
she asked, her eyes misting as a weight settled onto her chest. This was not how she expected his confession of love to be. This didn't feel good. This felt like goodbye. Because you won't recognize me after I tell you this. We'll go back to being strangers because you don't know the man that did what I did, he whispered. She's going to stab you. She'll, she'll stab you. Maybe shoot you. She better try and kill you. If she doesn't try and kill you, I'm going to be very put out. And by the way, there's 4% left in this book. So if she doesn't try and murder you, I'll be very upset. What did you do? Her voice was barely audible as she sucked in her breath, holding it as she anticipated his reply. She placed a hand on his knee as a tear slipped down his face. It was me, he whispered. I'm responsible for killing your daughter and your brother. She pulled her hand back so quickly it was like she had touched fire. Suddenly, his touch felt harmful as if she was suddenly staring into the eyes of evil. Nanny always told her that the devil didn't come in the form of the boogeyman. He comes in the form of everything you ever wanted. Alani was looking at the devil in human form. This man that she had fallen in love with. This beautiful soul that had come into her life and planted love when sadness had ruined her soil. Was the one behind her pain to begin with. He was the hand behind the trigger that killed her family. The hair raised on the back of her neck and she took a step backwards as her shoulders tensed. Get the fuck away from me, she whispered as her eyes widened in shock and she stumbled as she stood, trying to backpedal away from him. Ethic stepped towards her. I said, get the fuck away from me, she screamed at the top of her lungs. Ethic couldn't tear himself away from her he wanted to. He should have, months ago, before it ever went this far, but he hadn't, and now the truth had revealed his deception. He had wanted to tell her so many times. He had tried to tell her, but he knew as soon as he spoke the words that what they shared would die. Selfishly, he had wanted to hold on to her a little bit longer. He knew she would be hurt, but the fear that he saw in her eyes broke him. Let me explain, Ethic said. Alani was like a pot of boiling water. As the revelation settled into her soul, violent bubbles of anger bloomed inside of her. Explain? You want to explain yourself? You want to tell me how you took my daughter's life? How you shot at my brother? Or do you want to tell me why you came in my life? Watch me self-destruct right in front of you. She couldn't even finish her sentence. The pain in her stomach was crippling. The sickness in the back of her throat was building. I was torn apart. My heart was in fucking pieces and I stitched my shit up for you. I salvaged whatever I could and handed it to you on a platter for you, Ethic. You made me love the person who murdered my daughter, she wailed. My brother. Taking them wasn't enough for you? You had to take my dignity too? She had to grip something to keep from falling. It was instinct for Ethel to go to her, to touch her. It was what she always needed when she was weak. His touch, to feel him. Now, it burned. Before Alani knew it, she was swinging. She had boiled over and her attack was relentless. I fucking hate you! She shouted like a mad woman as she beat his chest. I hate you! 
He stood there with misted eyes, telling her he was sorry. He was staring at her as if she was about to disappear before his eyes, as if she was a good dream he was about to wake up from. The kind of dream that made you feel good, but that you couldn't remember once you opened your eyes. I hate those dreams. They're the best, but they're the worst. He didn't want to wake up, but as she hit him, slowly, reality became clear. Don't look at me. Don't you dare look at me. She was so enraged she spit in his face, then slapped him with so much force that his head turned on impact. Bella ran down the stairs. Daddy! Go upstairs, Bella. Everything's fine, Ethic said sternly. But, Daddy! Go! He didn't look at Bella. He was too busy looking at Alani, but he heard his daughter's footsteps as they traveled up the stairs. Ethic was visibly injured. Not physically, but her reaction harmed him. He opened his arms, inviting her to assault him. Get it out, he said. Really? If she punches him and then falls into his arms and starts crying and shit. <sighs> Alani pushed him. She punched him. If she had a gun, she would have shot him where he stood, but it wouldn't have taken his feeling away. She crumpled to the ground, sobbing. God, Alani moaned, so stricken that she felt like she would be sick. He swiped his hand over his mouth, wondering how he could remedy this. If God was real, he needed him in this moment. He needed God to fill her with... He needed God to fill her with some type of forgiveness. Nigga, fuck you. God is like, my line is busy right now. I'm sending angels to comfort her, my nigga. Like, ooh, you asking me for that? That's a big ass, my guy. Like, mm. He sat on the ground and pulled her into his arms. She was limp, void of all fight, as if she had exhausted all the strength she had left. Or perhaps he had exhausted it. Maybe loving the representative and meeting his truth had depleted her. He didn't know, but he was grateful that she was no longer on the attack. She melted into him crying into his chest so hard that he was sure she couldn't breathe. I'm so sorry, he whispered. She gripped his shirt as her chest rocked with grief. She was ashamed, ashamed of the fact that she was still there in his arms and that these strong arms and that these strong arms comforted her strangely. Ethic was the only one who could ease the hurt because he was the man whom it caused it. No, sis. There's lots of people who could ease the hurt who didn't cause it. What I'm curious about is, how are you going to deal with Belle in the debutante ball? Because you should be leaving and then sending her a text message or something. Send her a, a edible arrangement with a note. Pineapple, strawberry, and banana. Those are the best ones. The grapes, too. They're banging. Chocolate-covered uh, strawberries. Good shit. But leave that house. She knew it was backwards. She knew it wasn't right. But melting into his embrace as she felt his racing heart, anxiously awaiting the next word she will speak, feeling his tension, his desperation, his angst as he held her. They had always connected through touch, and this moment was no different. It was the most confusing thing she had ever felt, and she was ashamed. As a mother, she should want revenge, but all she wanted was to feel him, to have him take some of this aching away that he had put on her. He sat with her between his legs, stroking her hair, as he tried to commit as much of her to memory as he possibly could. 
the feel of her against his body, the scent of coconut shea moisture in her hair, the sound of her cries. He wanted it all retained in his mind, like a secret that he would never share. Ethic knew once they climbed up from that floor that he would never get close to her again. She would never allow it, and he had no one to blame but himself. He kissed the top of her head, breathing her essence in. He knew every second that lingered on her was a gift to him, because she should have left the moment the words fell from his mouth. I can't be here, she said, as she tried to squirm away from him. She made it all the way to the door before his words froze her in place. The fuck? Not, those aren't his words. I'm saying that. His words are, Don't leave me, he said. He sounded like that little boy who had begged his mother to stay all those years ago. She didn't turn to him, but it was like he was Spider-Man and it spit webs at her feet to hold her in place. I just gotta let y'all know, I usually don't let you know about my mistakes. I stumbled over that part like three times. I'm not going to lie. It was like three times. And the reason why I stumbled over that three times is because it's so goddamn stupid. First of all, Spider-Man doesn't spit webs. Let's get that out of the way first. He has fluid. He has like literally fluid shooters, web shooters. Shot webs, definitely. Spit webs, how? How? Spiders don't even spit webs. How, Bob? What are we talking about here? Spit webs. She couldn't move because it was like Spider-Man has spit webs at her. Somewhere Tony Stark wants to come back from the grave to be like, the fuck, Bellany? She breathed rapidly, her chest heaving up and down as he continued. I swear to God, I'll spend the rest of my life loving this pain away. You killed her daughter, fam. Good luck. And I know you knocked her up. She's pregnant. You'll find out later on. Sure, but you still did it. I swear to God, I'll spend the rest of my life loving this pain away. This is as bad as it'll ever get. You fucking think? She tensed because his voice was drawing closer as he closed the distance between them. Don't leave me, Alani. His lips were on the back of her neck now and she closed her eyes, shuddering, as he wrapped one arm around her body. It was a moment in time that stood still as Alani let herself love him one last time because she knew this was over. Alani knew the moment her eyes fluttered open, this thing between them was a wrap. She paused and they stood there for a few seconds, acknowledging the end of a love that they didn't even get to explore. She snatched out of his grip and headed for his front door. She felt him following her. She didn't even look back at him as she said, stay the hell away from me. She pulled open the door, leaving it wide open as she walked away. Alani didn't look back because she knew if she did, she might turn around. She didn't know if she would go back to kill him or to kiss him, but distance was the only thing that gave her clarity. The more steps she took, the clearer her mind became. She cringed, thinking of the way she had opened up to him. She had let him into her head, let him between her legs, let him tie his soul to hers, only to find out he was a grim reaper in human form. She felt like a fool. His level of deception was so great that she saw him now as the ultimate liar. His cruelty knew no bounds. He was the master of betrayal, and the man to make her never want to love anyone ever again.
She sat in the driveway to Ethics' home, gripping the steering wheel to his truck. You could have gotten an Uber if you really meant it. If you really are mad like that, if you're a madman, get out of his car, set it on fire. Go get your truck. Go back to your house. Call Cream. Tell Cream what happened. Cream's going to get out or Cream's already at your house. Let him know what happened. Cream comes over, shoots his whole house up. Trust me, it can work. Um, I mean, money did it incorrectly in the cartel, but it can work if done correctly and people don't know what's coming. Shoot up the house, set it on fire, kill his kids, kill him, kill Lily. Profit. She sat in the driveway to Ethics' home, gripping the steering wheel to his truck as tears slid down her face. Images of him touching her, infiltrating her body, seducing her mental, haunted her. She hit the wheel in frustration as she saw him emerge from the house. She hurriedly shifted the truck in gear, not wanting to see him, unable to breathe the same air as him, and peeled out of his estate at top speed. Distance minimized him in the rearview mirror until finally he disappeared. She cried an ugly cry, the kind of cry you allowed yourself to have after your mama beat your ass with the switch she made you pick yourself. You don't allow yourself to have that. Your mama's picking a switch. She gonna whoop you until you cry. There's no, I'm, well, I'm just gonna allow myself to do this. Nigga, please. My grandma had us pick switches. And not only did she have us pick switches, but we weren't getting hit on the butt. It wasn't over no jeans. It wasn't nothing like that. She would pick a switch and then she would hands, shoulders, backs, arms, whatever was evident as we ran away. Like, whatever was bare and evident. If y'all still whoop your kids, you deserve to get beat up. I'm sorry. That sounds awful. And yet, you wouldn't want to get hit like that. Let me put it like that. Because that was hyperbole. You wouldn't want to get hit like that. But you ache to beat a kid like that to put them in their place. What's their place? You know what my kid's place is in my house? His gamer tag is literally Prince and then whatever else it is. I'm not going to tell y'all. Why would I beat up a prince? Why would I beat up a princess? Whooping somebody's ass is also known colloquially as beating their ass, which means you're beating them. Which means you're beating them up. Sorry. Alania let the enemy in and now she didn't know how to get him out of her system. Crying him out wasn't working. With every sob came a gulp of air. She was only drinking him back in. Alani was so wounded that she was shaking. She gripped the steering wheel with her thumbs and held out the rest of her fingers as they quivered. She knew she shouldn't be driving. Her mind just wasn't right. She kept sweeping her thoughts, trying to remember if Ethic had ever given her any indication that he meant her harm. She didn't know who to trust, and there was no one to turn to. Chapter 19 Alani found herself at the hospital, sitting in Nanny's bedside. I'm so sorry, she whispered. You recognized him, didn't you? She asked as she sat in the chair beside the bed and held her aunt's stiff hand while crying. He's the reason you're lying in this bed. You knew he was the one who did it. When you saw his face, you went right into the stroke. Alani had gone through her entire life guarding her trust. And the one time she let someone in, she had opened the door for chaos. You mean other than the time she let Cream in? Like, y'all gonna stop acting like she didn't do everything that nigga wanted. You gotta trust somebody to sell dope for them. 
It felt like there was a hole in the center of her chest. She sat in the same spot all night, sobbing, as she replayed every interaction with Ethic over and over in her mind. I'm not a good man, he had told her. She hadn't believed him then, but he had been right. I should have listened, she thought. Alani had thought she had a keen sense of who people were. She was normally such a good judge of character. She had always avoided the fakes and pointed out the real in people. How was I so far off with him? The man I thought he was could never hurt a child. My child, oh God, my baby, she thought in despair. Her thoughts tortured her through the night, and when the sunlight crept through the hospital window, she stood to her feet. You should call the cops. If you're really mad, mad, you should call the cops. That's what you should do. You should call 911. You should call the 12 and be like, yo, I know exactly who killed my baby. And my brother. Him too, you know. We don't talk about him much. We we don't talk about Leon. No, no, no. She hadn't slept a wink and knew she wouldn't for many nights to come. I really wish you would wake up, Nanny, she whispered as she bent down to plant a kiss on her forehead. I need you. She didn't know how she made it home. She didn't even remember driving there, but as she pulled up to her house, she saw Ethics Tesla sitting in her driveway. Nigga, this is not the best time. This isn't coming to America where you're like, I'll throw it all away for you. And she's like, nah, no, you murdered her baby. It hurt her. The fear was mixed with her pain. He had gone from a man she thought would never hurt her to one that was unpredictably dangerous. She knew he had committed murder. Was he there to console her or to finish the job and make sure he was never connected to her at all? Alani's heart beat furiously inside her chest. She thought of driving off, but she had nowhere to go. This was home, and no one was about to scare her away from her home. She looked out the window and noticed a group of kids playing basketball on a rollaway hoop in front of her house. She would normally run them away from her house with all their noise, but today, she was grateful for their presence. They made potential witnesses. Ethic wouldn't dare hurt her with so many eyes watching. She saw him, slowly, climb out his truck and the pit in her stomach deepened. She held her breath momentarily to calm the falling feeling within her. She didn't know how she hadn't noticed how intimidating, how looming, how terrifying Ethic was until now. So, there's a uh, movie called Major Leagues 2. Major League 2, not Major Leagues. I feel like the guy Scrolly Dan from Letterkenny putting S's where S's shouldn't be. Um, but there's a movie called Major League 2. And the Indians, which that was her name back then, don't judge me, it's literally their name, of Cleveland, uh, trade for a guy from the Chicago White Sox named Jack Parkman. Or they, they sign him from somewhere. They, no, they sign him as a free agent, Jack Parkman. And he's a power hitter. He's a catcher. He's great. And when he steps up to the plate, he does a little shimmy before he puts the bat on his shoulder and he's ready to take his swings. And the announcer says, uh, Parkman goes into a shimmy. It drives the women here in Cleveland nuts. And everybody cheers and everybody's happy. Well, he gets traded to the Chicago White Sox later on in the movie. And they meet up in the playoffs. And when they meet up in the playoffs, the same announcer, the same shimmy. Parkman does his little shimmy. It makes the women here in Cleveland want to puke. 
that's how this is right now. Like the things that he used to uh, uh what's the word for it? The things that he used to exude to her was sexiness, civility, calmness, humbleness, beauty, comfort, blah, blah, blah. And now that she knows that he did this, intimidation, looming, terrifying. I wonder how many relationships fall apart and it immediately goes from beauty to abject ugliness and fear. It's sad to me. Maybe it's because I lived through it with my parents and then I uh, probably have seen it within my friends and family countless times, but it's always sad to me. She exhaled and placed both hands on the steering wheel as she lowered her head. She couldn't look at him. She was afraid of the devil that would reflect in his eyes. He opened the door and she could smell his Armani cologne. The scent repulsed her. I'm, I'm not going to the police. I'm not going to say. Her voice cracked in emotion. Anything. I just want you to leave me alone, please. She felt wetness on her thighs and she opened her eyes to see her tears raining on them. Memories of her daughter and brother slid down her face and shattered against her skin. Skin that she had let their murderer touch. That's why you think I'm here, he asked, to stop you from going to the cops? Ethics shook his head. Alani, look at me. Ethics' voice was pleading. He was always so stern and sure. It was the weakest she had ever heard him. She shook her head. He leaned on top of the car, looking down at her. Do I need to worry about someone coming here to hurt me now that I know? Finally, she looked up at him. Her concern etched in the creases of her stressed forehead. I would body anybody who touched a hair on your head. I'd do that. I learned to move that way over people I love a long time ago. It's not right, and there will be a reckoning for that one day. But it's necessary. Your brother raped Morgan that night. I didn't know your daughter was in the house. She was sleeping on the other side of him on the couch when I pulled the trigger. By the time I realized she was there, it was too late. Stop it, Alani whispered. Just stop. I don't care if you didn't mean to. If you didn't see her. If it was a mistake, I don't care if you're sorry. None of that brings my daughter back to me. She stood to her feet, a snotty, sobbing mess. Okay, so yeah, she's not going to call the cops, but you're literally confessing it in front of all these kids on the block i mean i don't know if you want to go out and kill them like you might want to go out and find their parents and have a talk with them about shutting their fucking mouth but you're really out here telling all your business because you're trying to you know make sure that this woman doesn't leave you which she should do because you literally murder her daughter and her brother i guess and uh cause her nanny to have a stroke so these kids are listening to everything because kids are nosy as fuck like i remember once i was knocking it out of my wife i mean the lining the fabric the inner meanings of her soul i was all up uh in them guts like method man on ice cream all these rap niggas get all up in your guts like i was all up in them guts and then i get a fucking text message from my son saying the banging on the wall is annoying and i was just like nigga cover your ears like just 
put your headphones on and play Call of Duty. Like the nigga sent me a text message and he had the nerve to put a fucking emoji at the end of it. Like the eye roll emoji. My nigga. Like you've never experienced softness. Like when you see a text message flash across your screen and it's from your son saying the banging on the walls and annoying me. Keep me up. And then there's the eye roll emoji. Kids talk. That's all I'm saying. Kids talk. So you're telling them everything that's going on. You're a fucking victim now. You're about to be locked up. One of them kids better tell on you. There should be a reward out for these niggas' deaths. Like, they better tell. Anyhow. And they're watching her cry. They're watching this woman who they're playing basketball in front of her house. If they play basketball in front of her house countless times, they're watching her cry and they're wondering why she's crying. They better snitch. Alani could see the remorse in his eyes. The pride-filled, strong, honorable man she had come to know stood before her half of himself. He was sorry. After all the lies, that much was true, but Alani wasn't a forgiving woman. She felt no sympathy for his guilt. She hoped it tortured him. She stood, and he blocked her, pushing her against his car. Am I not free to go? After everything you've taken from me, are you taking that too? My choice to walk away. It seemed her tears were filling the air with thick humidity. Ethic couldn't breathe. It felt like she was twisting his heart with a pair of pliers. He had felt a lot of loss in his lifetime. He had lost people to death. He had lost a woman to another man, but this loss felt uniquely significant. To lose Alani because of his own wrongdoing was tormenting. It felt inhumane to love her and then not be able to have her when she was standing so close, right in arm's reach. I need you to leave me alone, Alani cried. Please, Ethic, I swear to God, if you don't, I'm going to do something crazy. I want to hurt you. I want you to pay, and the only way to make you pay is to feel the loss of me. You have to stay away from me because if you can't, I will take myself away permanently from everything. You can either mourn losing me or mourn my death because at this point, I'm willing to die to make this pain go away. Ethic knew she was serious. The last thing he wanted was for her to hurt herself. He didn't want to pour alcohol into her wound. See, that's why you don't use that word to describe a vagina. I know what you mean in this context, but at the same time, you've used it before, so it's shaky. I feel you that would hurt, though. Right? Right? It would? Okay, just checking. If his presence was unbearable to her, he would have to be absent. He made it halfway back to his car when he heard her muffle her cries. He turned to her, and her hands were covering her mouth as she sobbed while watching him leave. He felt a lurching in his stomach because he knew he would never find another love like hers. Raven had been an introduction to the idea of a woman's love. Yaya, his second, had been a reminder of how good it could feel. Alani had been affirmation that God had molded a specific helpmate for him. Alani was life, and he would never be able to pull the roots she had put down in his garden. The hatred in her eyes was non-negotiable. And he realized he needed to give her time to deal with the emotions the truth had unveiled. He refused to give up on her, on them. She would have to kill him to stop him from wanting her. There wasn't a woman in the world that could heal him the way Alani had. That's just selfish. 
He only hated that he had wounded her in the process. He didn't know how he could fix this, but he had already grown accustomed to her being his oxygen, and he knew he couldn't live if he was deprived of her. With a heavy heart and bleeding soul, he walked back to his car, but before he pulled away, he prayed. God damn it. God, please fill her with forgiveness. Even if I have to live through the hell of her resentment, just bring her back to me. Alani was so distraught, she barely made it to her doorstep. She took a deep breath, placing the key in the door, preparing herself to walk into the empty house. She stepped inside and froze when she saw who was waiting for her. I'm home. Cream sat, arms stretched across the back of the couch, legs wide, face handsome, expression grim. He was back like he had never left. How didn't he hear any of that shit? How didn't he look out the window and see that shit happening? At all. He greeted her like he had woken up to her that morning, and she was returning from a grocery store run, like he was exactly where he was supposed to be, like he paid bills there. Cream, with all his bad boy finesse, good dick, and empty promises, was sitting in her home, and Alani had no energy, no shock, no reaction to give. Ethic had already taken it all from her. Cream had done her wrong, but there was no comparison to the amount of pain that had been caused by Ethic. She hated Cream, but it didn't stop her from falling into his arms as he stood. He was the only other person who could understand how badly she hurt. But even still, her journey was worse because she had fallen in love with the enemy. She just needed to be held, but his arms didn't have the same effect. Still, her sobs were endless. It's alright, La. I'm home now, and I know who's responsible for all this shit. A nigga can't touch mine and live to speak about it. That's my word. It's already being taken care of. The nigga will be dead by the time the sun go down. The wheels are in motion as we speak. To be continued in Ethic 2. Nah. 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 I don't think I care. I'm... I'm... I'm put out that you know they just completely cut off Morgan and Messiah's story once uh, she moved out and I'm sure they're going to continue that in the next book but I don't think I want to god damn it Nisha fuck fuck I don't want to do this (laughs) fuck that's the end of the book. Fuck. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace.
intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by that kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.